This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and you're listening to Messianic Vision. Our guest today is a pastor and a best-selling author, and I know many of you may have read some of his books like Blood Moons and God's Daytimer. So for all things prophetic and related to the end times, we always look forward to what's next from him. And believe me, today is no exception. The brand new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, is causing quite a lot of excitement. So here with us is the author, Mark Biltz. Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, hey, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your program. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's always a joy. And listen, you know what? When I was reading this book, you know, I don't really, I have to confess, know a lot about this. So this was a lot of new, great information for me. Why did you write the book? Oh, my goodness. I I think I wrote this book because, as you very well know, for about the last 2,000 years, Christians in every generation have been trying to figure out who the Antichrist might be. Uh, And as you know, uh, a lot of people have made preposterous claims about who it is, and they've all been wrong. (laughs) For me, uh, the most important thing is profiling the Antichrist spirit so we can get a better understanding of his modus operandi so Christians won't be deceived. And, and for me, this is why I'm so glad uh, that your listeners are interested in this. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, I, there's always been questions. I'm sure you get a lot of questions, a lots of kinds of questions about this. What are some of the, the questions that you answer in this book? Well, uh, a lot of things is, uh, it's like, who is he? Or, or how do we profile him? The other thing is, uh, the big question people always ask is, is he going to be a Muslim? Is he going to be a Jew? You know, or maybe something else, like, you know, a robot or something. And then some people want to know if the Antichrist is going to work through modern technology, uh, and they want to know if the Bible gives us any clues mm-hmm. to the Antichrist, the end times, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things I want to cover. Exactly, and you do cover that. I just want to encourage everybody to just to say, yes, these and much, much more are covered in this book. It's basically like helping people get a big picture. Oh, for sure. I, too often people get so caught up in the minutia that they, they don't, like they say, see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to step back and uh, take a look at um, the spirit of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. That way we won't be deceived. Mm-hmm. And You know, there's... There was a quote that you have uh, right from the book that, that I loved when you're talking about the big picture. You said, uh, it helps us know and see a big picture of three things. What has happened historically, what is unfolding in front of our very eyes at this moment, and what the future holds concerning both the Messiah and the Antichrist. So that that to me is so, so important. And, you know, one of the things that you talked about, um, you know, the end times is such a hot topic. You know, everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to know about it. Everybody has questions. But you've examined three end time doctrines uh, of different religions, different faiths. Why did you do that? And why is it important for us to know that? Well, uh, on your first point, I think uh, the Bible says God declared the end from the beginning. And it also says in Ecclesiastes that there's nothing new under the sun, Mm. that which will happen again. And too often we don't learn from history. And that's the problem. And so the reason why I talk about uh, the three different faiths, like uh, Islam, Judaism, as well as Christianity, most Christians have never studied the end time views of Islam or Judaism. I know. I haven't. I haven't. Let's give an overall picture of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's start uh, with the Jews, for instance. Tell us about that. Okay, sure. I'd be glad to. What's fascinating, uh, I want to start off with this, is what I find in Christianity, 
not for everybody, but for many, the Antichrist is going to be Muslim. And for the Muslims, the Antichrist, basically their uh, anti-Messiah is going to be Jewish. And then for the Jewish view, their basic belief is the anti-Messiah, so to speak, is going to be Christian. And so I think that's fascinating uh, because everyone's Messiah is the other one's anti-Messiah. Oh, Yes. And you know what, Mark, that is fascinating. It's very interesting. But it's also, for those of us that didn't know about it and before your book came out, it's also confusing. And and I see very well how it could be so deceptive. Yeah, uh, because the Jews believe there are two messiahs. They believe there's going to be a suffering servant Messiah, uh, in one sense, fulfilling Isaiah 53. And then they also think there's going to be a conquering king Messiah. Now, the reason they think that, and this is why many Christians get John the Baptist questioned, confused when he was in prison. When here uh, he's Jesus' cousin, he says, are you the one to come or is there another? Mm -hmm. Purpose of that was they believed in two Messiahs. And so John was about to get his uh, head cut off, and he wanted to know, hey, are, are you the suffering servant Messiah or the conquering king Messiah? Mm-hmm. That was the question. Exactly. You know, to me, that's, that's very important to understand that. Now, where they get that from is because they read the scripture where it talks about the Messiah will come lowly riding on a donkey. Right. So they think, you know, okay, this is a meek and mild Messiah. But then they read in Daniel about the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with all power and glory. And, and they didn't know, well, which one is it? So they said, well, there had to be two. Now, we have hindsight as believers. We know there's one Messiah but two comings, whereas they see it as two Messiah and one coming. Yes, yes. And now, and the Jewish um, uh, believers have what, what you called the articles of faith. And there's a couple of those that you, that you really pointed out that it's important for us to know. Oh, right. And that's very important. There are a lot of Jewish believers. But it, within Judaism itself, just like in Christianity, we have the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. They have uh, their creed. And they just so Christians know, the Jews do believe in the resurrection of the dead. They do believe the, a Messiah is coming and in a messianic era of a thousand-year reign. You know, so uh, we need to understand that they also believe in this, and they believe we're living in messianic times right now. Yes, yes. So why? I don't know. Why did the Jews re- reject Jesus as their Messiah? That is probably the most important question you could ask. That, and this is what I want your listeners to really get a hold of, is why the Jews don't believe Jesus is their Messiah. It's because according to the Jewish perspective on biblical prophecy, he failed to accomplish many of the Messianic criteria. Mm. I mean, for the Jews, the, their Messiah is going to be a strong military leader. He's going to conquer the whole world. Uh, he's going to rebuild the temple. He's going to regather the Jews from all over the world and make the Torah honorable. And so for uh, in Jesus' day, the temple was destroyed. The Jews were scattered. And so in their mind, and it's, I think I can honestly understand where they're coming from, how could he be their Messiah? All right, let's do a little switch here. Talk to us about the Islamic view of the end times. Sure. Uh, The Islamic view of the end times is really quite, quite fascinating. Uh, They have a Messiah that is known as the Mahdi, or the guided one. Mm -hmm. And of course, in Islam, they believe he's going to be a human being. Uh, What I always thought was funny is that uh, they say the prophet uh, Muhammad revealed who the name of their Messiah was going to be, and you won't believe what it is. It's Muhammad, of course. Uh, but they believe that, you know, uh, he's going to be arriving in this Damascus, uh, and they believe Jesus uh, returns. They believe, see, Islam believes in the second coming of Jesus. So can you imagine what it's going to be like in the end times for the Islamic point of view? But they believe not only that a, the real Jesus returns, they believe a fake Jesus also comes. And guess how they know the difference in Islam between the fake Jesus and the real Jesus? I don't know. They say the fake Jesus is going to love the Jewish people, and the real Jesus won't. Oh. That, um, uh, that's just amazing to me. My goodness. It's it's easy to see why why people, if they don't have a true understanding or or good, solid information, it's easy to see how that they could be deceived. Now, even, even these, um, the Muslim 
people are being deceived by that information. Well, of course they are. Can you imagine what ultimate deception? If if you see uh, this person coming who loves the Jewish people, you're going to think, well, then that can't be the Messiah. That's got to be the anti-Messiah. So they're thinking the opposite. Oh, yeah. And think about this. If the the Jews, they believe in uh, two messiahs and an anti-messiah, and they believe Moses and Elijah are coming back. So right there's like six people. And then in Christianity, we've got the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the two witnesses, you know, beasts coming out of the earth. But in Islam, they also have an Antichrist known as the Dajjal, the Mahdi, to Jesus coming. They have bees coming out of the earth. So it's like, is there going to be a dozen people battling it out? Or is one person's Messiah, the other's anti-Messiah? Oh, my goodness. I am so glad that you wrote this book. I feel so much better. <laughs> I feel I feel very informed. And, and I do understand. I know, I know one concern of yours is just that you make this to where um, that people will, will have the information they need to not be deceived when these times come upon us. And I feel like that's what I got out of it. I got good, solid information, and I, I feel like I'm just so much more informed. So I, for one, certainly appreciate that. I wanted to ask you one other thing. Um, uh, uh, talking about the Islamic view of the end times. Now, how do they feel about this, the, the peace agreement, the seven-year reign of, of peace? Uh, how do they look at that? Well, the, in Islam, they also definitely believe in a seven-year peace agreement. They believe in a, a Gog-Magog war as well. And so uh, to me, it is just so fascinating seeing how uh, these views overlap. And this is why we need to understand exactly what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. If we want to be evangelistic and, and win uh, Islam, you know, to uh, the Lord. So to sum it all up, knowing how other religions and faiths, uh, what their view of the end times, um, the reason we need to know that, sum it all up for us. Sure. I think one of the main reasons is, well, just like husband and wives, okay, they have different perspectives on things. And for me, it helps round out my view when I hear another person's perspective. Yes. I need to know their view. And I think that comes with parents and their children. They want to be understood. And I think it is so important to understand where the other person is coming from, because that also will help us sharpen our own theology of the end times at the same time. Yes, I can certainly see that. Thank you. Well, let's take a little break. You've been listening to Mark Biltz, author of Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times. You know, when we're considering guests for Messianic Vision and its supernatural, you know, we put a lot of research and thought into who we are going to to bring on the programs. And as always, we talk it over with Sid. Well, as soon as I mentioned Mark Biltz and his new book, it was an immediate yes. So we did definitely cannot wait for you to get this powerful and, as I said earlier, revelatory brand new book. It's Decoding the Antichrist in the End Times. And Mark has also prepared a three-CD teaching series for you called Antichrist New Revelations. This is exclusively for this offer. So when we come back, we're going to talk with Mark about a very interesting idea that you may have never heard of or even thought about, artificial intelligence and the Antichrist. We'll be right back. Call now and get Mark Bilt's powerful brand new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Antichrist, New Revelations. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9598. Through Mark Bilt's brand new book, you will understand what the Bible reveals concerning the end times as seen through the eyes of the biblical feasts of the Lord. Understand new revelation from the scriptures concerning the Antichrist, his tactics, and his motivation. Find out the conflicting perspectives of eschatology held by Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and how many unbelievers will accept the Antichrist as their Messiah. Discover if and how the Antichrist will work through modern technology, including artificial intelligence. Understand how to avoid deception and be ready for the glorious coming of Messiah Jesus. Learn how replacement theology, 
preterism and partial preterism has caused a spiritual blindness and lethargy to infiltrate the church concerning the events about to take place on God's prophetic calendar. Mark Bilt's three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, Antichrist, New Revelations, includes the shocking warning that artificial intelligence can be used by the Antichrist to deceive even the very elect. Artificial intelligence programs can mimic the writing styles and habits of millions of people. Artificial intelligence could be a billion times smarter than humans. There are warnings concerning artificial intelligence programs and the companies that own them, eventually leading to global control. Whoever controls the 5G networks will control large parts of the world. China uses AI to track and control their people today. Understand how close we are to a possible artificial intelligence antichrist. Don't miss out on getting Mark Bilt's powerful brand new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Antichrist, New Revelations. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9598. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9598 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back, everyone, to Messianic Vision. And we are here with Mark Biltz. Uh, Mark, my goodness, talk to us a little bit about artificial intelligence and the Antichrist. Sure, I'd love to. You know, for the very first time, we now have the possibility of an artificial intelligence antichrist, a human-computer hybrid that could be demand to be worshipped. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was an article written by CNBC uh, reporting that an expert declared that artificial intelligence could be a billions of times smarter than humans, and we might find it necessary in the future to merge with computers to survive. Mm, wow. Just amazing to me. That is amazing. So now we're not only asking the question like we have done for centuries, who is it? Who is it? Who could it be? Now there's also the possibility of asking what it might be. That's, that's exactly right. It's amazing to me what artificial intelligence is accomplishing. Uh, even this year, oh my goodness, they have people who look like humans so to speak, mm -hmm. news in China, but they're not humans. It's an artificial, intelligent robot doing this. It is just amazing to me how deceptive that this is going to be. Mm -hmm. As we know, there's holograms and people can project themselves in different theaters right. and everyone can worship. And I just can't help but think in this day and age with all of the ability to manipulate video, to manipulate pictures, uh, the, the artificial intelligence, the collection of data has, is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, you said something in the book that just jumped out at me. You said for the first time we have the possibility of an artificial intelligence antichrist, a human-computer hybrid that will demand to be worshipped. Wow. Yes, I can't help but think of Nebuchadnezzar when the image was built, and uh, they would play the music and everyone would worship. Mm. But now... There is the possibility for the first time in human history to have an image seen all over the world via satellite, mm -hmm. and everyone would have to worship. And here's what's scary. I have what's called a Fitbit. I wear it on my watch, mm -hmm. and it records all of my heartbeat, my sleep. Right. Well, they say the scariest thing is now people do not have to worry as much about having their computer hacked. I want your listeners to know this. The big fear is yourself being hacked. They want to hack you. Oh, no. They do that is by all of the devices that we wear and have that records everything within us. So imagine this. Here, if, if you have a bracelet that you're required to wear, let's say it starts as a bracelet, but it records your uh, heartbeat. It records your um, pupil dilation. They know all these things. They say it's time to worship, and they're going to watch to see what your emotions are. Mm -hmm. Recognition. They're going to be able to identify you. They even have the ability right now for um, knowing whether you're lying or not. Oh, yes. 
just the little micro expressions in your mouth, your lips, your eyes. And so they could, it's unbelievable. And this is not too far-fetched when we think about uh, surveillance, the, the surveillance with artificial intelligence now and how, how governments or governmental uh, organizations would be able to keep tabs on everyone. And um, that, that's not so far-fetched. I mean, we're there, correct? Oh, we are so there. And as we are, it's scary how there we are. And the reason why is, do you know, in China, they are already doing this. They have m- millions of cameras. Hundreds of millions of artificial intelligent cameras that they've installed, they're even able to catch a suspect within minutes, within minutes. In several big cities, they even track and publicly shame jaywalkers. Oh, no. They, they, they show their faces on a camera on big billboards, electronic billboards for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're given a social credit score. You know, and it's based on how quickly they pay their taxes, whether they sort out their garbage, uh, how many uh, videos they watch. And then they hire citizens to spy on the other citizens to let them know if they're good or bad. Yikes. Right now, there are millions of Chinese people who have lost their passport. They can't book flights. They can't purchase train tickets. They're prevented from renting or buying property. Their children can't attend private schools. Have your listeners Google Chinese surveillance state. Blow their mind. And this is because uh, in in China they have set in, in place these social media scores to where they can basically, through the surveillance, they can, they can find out what you're doing, where you're doing, who you're with, all that thing. And they set up this social media score system. And like you just said, Mark, that was so interesting to me. Um, if, if you're doing good, then you would be permitted to buy something or use the Internet or that kind of thing. So so many other things, which would basically tell you if you're not, then those things would not be permitted for you. Exactly. And what they do, they give uh, people credit points for doing good things. Let's say they volunteer for work or donate mm-hmm. blood. Mm-hmm. What else you can do to increase your credit score? You can, sco- you can score more points by reporting on your neighbor who is not uh, recycling or whatever, or maybe they're going to a Christian church or something, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so this is what is scary is uh, the way people might be willing to uh, tell on people that are just have a Bible in their home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've literally have put thousands of people in the homes of Muslims without their permission just to stay with them for a week or two to see how extreme they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I know, I mean, I've read the entire book, so I know we can't cover that on this show today. I've read the whole book, and I know your purpose is to inform people and teach them how to discern and that kind of thing and not to scare people, but say, you need this information, you need this knowledge so that when the time comes, you will not be confused and you will not be deceived. So that's what I get out of all of this, and that is good. And so I I ask the question, oh, my goodness, when I hear this, what's a concerned believer to do? do? What should we do? Yeah, to me, uh, the main thing is being aware uh, and and deepen your relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Number one thing, deepen your relationship with the Lord. That has to be at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. But the main thing, as uh, you know, people know, uh, without a vision, the people perish. Without an understanding, we're in trouble. And I believe much of Christianity is like the frog in the boiling pot of water. They don't have any idea of the times that we're living in. And so for me, it's be aware. And the main thing is let your loved ones be aware mm-hmm. of the times that we're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a couple of the things that we've already talked about that understanding will, will help us during this time, understanding the end-time perspectives of other religions, which you... Uh, you, you go into so much detail. That's wonderful in the book. And being um, knowledgeable of the methods um, of, the, of the Antichrist so that we don't be deceived. And I wanted to touch on that just a little bit. You know, your, your teaching series is Antichrist, New Revelations. And this truly was a new revelation to me. Talk to us a little bit about what you call uh, looking for a behavior profile, more than just looking for who is it, who is it, then you created this behavior profile. Yes, and I think that is so important. And to me, it's a term I want everyone to remember. It's called legalized 
lawlessness. Mm. We live in an age of legalized lawlessness, where we believe if we just legalize drugs, legalize abortion, legalize prostitution, but at the same time, well, let's make it illegal to pray. Let's make it illegal to read from the Bible in a public forum. Uh, the whole definition of illegal has been completely turned on its head. And, and what we need to remember is, like I said earlier, that which has happened is that which will happen again. Mm-hmm. All is the story of Purim with Haman. It's amazing uh, what Haman uh, wanted to do. In the whole book of Esther, what we read about is legalized lawlessness. Mm. Yes. Yes. So, so the spirit of Antichrist, you're saying, let's 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 not concentrate so much on who is it, who is it. The bigger concern is knowing his tactics and motivation or the spirit of Antichrist. And something that was, oh, oh my goodness, something that was just a huge shock to me is how Solomon was such an example of that. Oh. <laughs> shock. It was a shock to me. And that's why I love your listeners to really get a hold of this, because almost all of us see Solomon as a type of Christ or a type of the Messiah. No, he says Solomon was a type of Antichrist. This is why this is so important that your listeners get these CDs. Let me give you an example. In, now, Solomon lived 500 years after Moses received the Torah. They'd already gone through two kings, Saul and David. So they knew what was required of a king. And when we read the Torah, the king was not to multiply wives. What did Solomon do? He multiplied, multiplied wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was not to marry foreign wives. He married foreign wives, thousands of them. You know, he was to tear down the altars. He built thousands of pagan altars. And as a matter of fact, most your uh, Christians listening won't know this, but Solomon was the very first one to institute child sacrifice to Molech. Isn't that incredible? I did not know that. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, he, uh, the Bible says that the king is not to multiply silver or gold or horses. He did all of that. Uh, he took credit for the building of the temple. You know, like uh, so many people, they, they hate it when they do all the work and their boss takes all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands of people doing the work, building the temple, and Solomon uh, took all the credit. It's crazy. But, you know, all these years, I mean, in my entire uh, Christian life, you, you you say Solomon, and I the first thing I think was, oh, the wisest man in the Bible, you know, the, the, the wisdom. But wisdom isn't always, uh, that that's not always the most important thing, right? For sure, because when you read Ezekiel, you read about uh, Tyrus, uh, the king of Tyrus, and it, and it equates him to Satan. And it says he was wiser than Daniel, wiser than everyone. Uh, the problem is a narcissistic personality, which is what I believe Solomon had. He had all the wisdom, but what happened? He used it to benefit himself rather than others or God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. you imagine? He had all the fame. He was world famous. He had all the wealth. Every, all the nations were bringing him uh, gold and silver. He had all the power. He was king. Can you imagine what it would done? Uh, what would have happened if he would have used all of that to bring the the Torah, the light to the world and God's love? But no, he ends up whining and complaining in Ecclesiastes that he has to give it all to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Believable. So when when you look at Solomon like you're talking about it's it's like you know he was he was wise he was famous he was wealthy and the people so wanted somebody that could bring peace and so in the end times i mean we're when someone comes on the scene that's that's uh intelligent and interesting and wealthy and can actually bring peace will people be deceived by that Oh, of course, because this person is going to be famous and wealthy and powerful, and he is going to bring peace to the Middle East. But what is crazy is Solomon brought peace to the Middle East, but it was by breaking all the covenants that God told him to do, Mm -hmm. not to make covenant with the foreign nations, and that's what he did. It was a false peace. And talk about the ultimate, ultimate narcissism. You know what he wanted to do? And talk about arrogance. He tried to give away 20 cities in the Galilee to a foreign nation. Who does he think he is? <laughs> exactly. The promised land. 
Talk about arrogance. And you said that, that Solomon was something that now I would have never thought of this, ever, ever, ever thinking about Solomon, uh, an arms dealer. Yes, yeah, exactly. When, when we think of tanks today, the, the tanks in that day was the horse and chariot. And God specifically told Israel they were not to go back to Egypt to get horses. But what happens? When you read in Kings, Solomon had a whole trade industry with Egypt, and then he would sell them to the enemies, to the Hittites. Why in the world? What would happen today if Israel was selling atomic weapons to Iran? That would be insane. Mm -hmm. That's what Solomon was doing. He was buying chariots and horses from Egypt and selling them all to the foreign nations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this this is so, so good because... you explain to people in so much greater detail in the in the the resources that we're offering today. But uh, to me, what's so so good about it is, is saying, "Look, people, you know, you need to understand and you need to be knowledgeable about this stuff, so that in this time you will not be deceived. Don't just be thinking about who, but but look at this behavior. Look at this uh, lawlessness that you have profiled that that was Solomon, so that we don't be deceived when someone comes up that that if. Uh, I guess if someone had asked me before I read your book, oh, how would it be to have like a Solomon for, as a king at the end or whatever? And I'm going, oh, yeah, Solomon. But oh, just just understanding and knowing what you're bringing to light here. To me, that is a new revelation. And, and I think it will help a lot of people not to be deceived. I thank you. That's so important because, you know what, something that really hit me the other day when I was, as I was writing this book and thinking about the Antichrist, whether he's Islamic or Jewish or artificial intelligence, you know, Solomon was a child of God. And in, and in uh, the epistles of John, he talks about there are many Antichrists in the world, and then he said, and they came out from us. Could the Antichrist be a professing Christian? Wow, what a question. But go look at the epistle of John. He's talking, there's been many antichrists in the world. And then he talks about how they all came out from us. And I can't help but think of the wheat and the tares in the parable. The wheat and the tares grow together. You can't tell a difference until the end when the wheat bows and the tares are proud and stand straight. And so I believe it's the same thing. It's that same concept of the wicked one, Mm -hmm. uh, that he looks so much like wheat. So I believe the Antichrist is also going to look so much like a believer. And that's why the deception is going to be so strong. Yes, yes. So so thank you for the, all this information. I know people will look at it in a different way, and I, I hope you'll be able to, to get this and understand this and get this knowledge. But we're going to take a really quick break. And remember, at the end of the program, Sid will be here to tell you how you can get Mark Bilt's brand-new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times. Also, his brand-new exclusive three-CD teaching series called Antichrist, New Revelations. And now listen to the titles. CD1, Understand. Understanding the Spirit of Antichrist, that's what we've been talking about. CD2, end time perspectives and why that's important. CD number three, artificial intelligence and the Antichrist. So I can't wait until you can hear all of that and really get this full teaching. Well, we've got lots more with Mark right after this break, so please stay with us. What does the future hold for you and your family in light of the end times? What is the Antichrist spirit? And how can you avoid deception in the future for millions? What do the biblical feasts of the Lord convey about the end times, the Antichrist, and the return of Jesus? Mark Biltz is known worldwide for his teaching concerning the end times. Now he has uncovered the revelation of the exact nature and character of the Antichrist and how the biblical feasts of the Lord reveal what the future holds for you and your family. Call now and get Mark Bilt's powerful brand new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Antichrist, New Revelations. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9598. Through Mark Bilt's brand new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, you will understand what the Bible reveals concerning the end times as seen through the eyes of the biblical feasts of the Lord. 
Through this book, you will understand new revelation from the scriptures concerning the Antichrist, his tactics, and his motivation. Find out the conflicting perspectives of eschatology held by Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and how many unbelievers will accept the Antichrist as their Messiah. Discover if and how the Antichrist will work through modern technology, including artificial intelligence. Understand how to avoid deception and be ready for the glorious coming of Messiah Jesus. Learn how replacement theology, preterism, and partial preterism has caused a spiritual blindness and lethargy to infiltrate the church concerning the events about to take place on God's prophetic calendar. When we understand the spirit of the Antichrist, we need to really understand that it is legalized lawlessness. If we just legalize abortion, if we just legalize drugs, if we just legalize gay marriage, whatever, we believe that if we legalize it, then that'll make it okay. And that's the time we live in, and that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Mark Bilt's three-part audio CD prophetic teaching series, Antichrist, New Revelations, includes the shocking warning that artificial intelligence can be used by the Antichrist to deceive even the very elect. Artificial intelligence programs can mimic the writing styles and habits of millions of people. Artificial intelligence could be a billion times smarter than humans. There are warnings concerning artificial intelligence programs and the companies that own them, eventually leading to global control. Whoever controls the 5G networks will control large parts of the world. China uses AI to track and control their people today. Understand how close we are to a possible artificial intelligence antichrist. Don't miss out on getting Mark Bilt's powerful brand new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Antichrist, New Revelations. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9598. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9598 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back, everyone, to Messianic Vision. I'm here with Mark Biltz. And, Mark, a couple of times throughout the program, you have talked about prophecy or, or history repeating itself. What do you mean by that? Sure. Uh, I think, for example, Matthew 24. I think when I say Matthew 24, all your listeners, what's going to come to their mind is the last days. Mm -hmm. But what they don't understand, if they don't understand Hanukkah, they don't realize Matthew 24 is Hanukkah happening again. This is why we have to look at patterns. You know, this is why in forensics, uh, the police try to look at the pattern so they know if uh, their suspect fits the pattern. Mm -hmm. well, if we're going to understand the end times and have understanding and a revelation of what is coming, we need to profile the pattern. So it's not just it's not just like a checklist that you check off, but it's it's prophecies, aspects of these prophecies that will be fulfilled over and over again. I love it. That's exactly yeah. right. Just, just like the seasons come over and over, God has these patterns come over and over, but from different angles, different perspectives, hoping that one of these times we get it. And uh, Matthew 24, when you study Hanukkah, almost everything in there is Hanukkah being repeated. And uh, same thing with Purim. Purim uh, is about the book of Esther, and you have Haman. And I'd like to bring this out. That what is the difference for your listeners? I want to ask your listeners something. What is the difference between Haman in the story of Esther and Purim and Antiochus Epiphanes with the story of Hanukkah? This is important because there are two different aspects of the Antichrist. Haman was all about annihilation, just kill all the Jews. That was Hitler, okay? Just kill them all. Mm -hmm. But Antiochus Epiphanes was not annihilation. It was assimilation. Let's just assimilate everybody. Now, if they don't assimilate, of course, we'll annihilate them, okay? But he comes across a little nicer, a little more loving. Hey, you can keep your Jesus. You just also have to worship me. I'm not taking Jesus away from you. And so that is going to be such a strong deception for people. And if they don't understand the biblical history of both Purim and Hanukkah, they're going to be deceived. 
You also, I, I always think about you, I think about the feast because you, you, you always paint such a clear picture of the feast and, and what that means to us as far as the end times. Why do we still look at the feasts? Well, I think it's so important, and part of the problem is the English language, because when we hear the word feast, we think of food. But that same Hebrew word uh, was translated as seasons in Genesis. So what does that Hebrew word moed mean? Does it mean fall or food? You know, Mm -hmm. to me, the reason the feasts are so important is because they really mean appointed times. It's like God has a day timer, a prophetic clock. And like every time the clock uh, strikes midnight, we know, you know, what's coming. And I think it's interesting that God uses the term midnight several times in the Gospels. Yeshua talks about the midnight hour as well as uh, in the Old Testament or the Tanakh. But we need to realize God has a prophetic clock, and he has pre-planned all the events to happen at certain times. Just like maybe we get up at 8 in the morning, we go to bed at night at night. Well, God has a prophetic clock where he set the patterns so that we would know, we don't know the dates, we don't know the years, but when we understand the cycles, then we're aware of what's next uh, on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Yep, I love that. And and I said this a little bit earlier, but I I really wanted everybody to, to know that the, the overall purpose here, when I have read this book, I know that it's very clear that you're trying to equip us so that we won't be deceived in the end times. And how important is that uh, to us to be equipped before anything happens? Oh, my goodness. Oh, just like a hurricane on the East Coast. If a hurricane is coming, how important it is to either get the heck out of there or <laughs> plywood over all your windows. You know, you want to be prepared. Yeah. See a hurricane coming prophetically, and I want people to know how to prepare. Yes, exactly. I know. Um, I, I know people have different um, opinions of uh, of the end times and when uh, the rapture of the church is going to happen. And I liked what you said <laughs> when I see it coming. I want to get the heck out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that that's my theory of the end time. <laughs> that's what I want. Well, mine too. For me, the most important thing is I want to accomplish the task God asked me to. Yes. I mean, I could die today, you know, but, uh, and then the rapture won't matter to me because I'm already dead. But I I really believe that God will protect his people. How? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. We will be protected, whether it's up or out or hidden or what. But to me, I just don't want to go before my job is complete. Mm. Yes, yes, me too. And I, I think... For me, knowledge and understanding keeps us from getting caught up in all the the madness that's being trying to be pushed on us. Oh my goodness, yes, the the, the mass media is driving everybody crazy. You know, uh, just everything, all of life is just so hectic that uh, we need to know how to, as they say, stop and smell the roses. Yes. To stop and spend time uh, with uh, the Lord, reading our Bible, praying. But some too often what's most important gets left behind just because of all the busyness. Yes, yes. And, and I think having the knowledge and understanding and this revelation becoming personal to us, that will truly help us and keep us at peace and, and, and be on the lookout for some of these things that you're teaching. And, <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, I know there's a lot of craziness and there's a lot of things going on. But of all the times in history, this one's pretty exciting, isn't it? I, I tell you what, I believe all your listeners should realize they could have lived any time in history, but God chose each one of your listeners for such a time as this. Just like Esther, I believe everyone has great potential. God has a task, a mission for them to accomplish, and they need to ask the Lord what that mission is. And your listeners need to know that, that they, that God has a calling on their life. That's why they create, he created them. And just like in a... A race in a track meet, and they have a relay race. They always save the fastest runner for the last. Mm, yes. And here, your listeners were in that last generation, so they need to understand who they are in the Messiah. They need to understand their identity. And when they not only understand who they are, then they will have a better understanding of what the Lord is doing. Yes, yes. I, I, I found something very interesting when we were talking, when we started preparing for the show. You know, we, we always 
bring a guest on or have some folks here that can share the things that are supernatural in their lives, whether it be a miracle or a prophecy or a vision or something that has that supernatural aspect to it. And a lot of times it's just one thing. But for you, I found out something, Mark. It's not just the prophecy and the revelation that God is giving you and the, the visions and these things, but you had a recent miracle in your life. Oh, my goodness. I sure have. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I live a, a miraculous life. I've had guns at my head twice, and the people said they're going to blow my head off. I have been in major car accidents where I'm not buckled in, and uh, I roll my car over 100 yards the length of our football field, flipping three and a half times, landing upside down in the ditch. <clears throat> but this latest one was just a year ago. I'm in South Africa ministering to pastors. I, I spoke in Zimbabwe first to a couple of thousand people, and then the pastor, uh, he's kind of a, in charge of like 300 pastors all over Africa, all over the world, and they came to Together for this conference. So then we went <clears throat> over to South Africa to finish the conference. And we went to what is called a brie or an outdoor barbecue, mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night. And this is out in the pucker brush. I mean, out where there is no electricity, no water, no building, nothing exists. Now, I love the stars. So for me, wow, what a chance to look at this sky right. in South Africa in the pitch black. And at this outdoor barbecue, there was no electricity. There was just kind of a few flaming torches uh, boundary around the picnic tables where we were eating. And as we were getting ready to leave, <clears throat> I got up first because I wanted to go take a look at the stars after eating and fellowshipping with everybody. So I run to the parking lot where our safari Jeep is, and let's say it holds like 10 people. And there's no windows, no windshield. It's just this canvas top safari Jeep. And I thought, well, I'm going to go walk about oh, let's say 30 feet further uh, to get away from even the flaming torches so I could get a real good vision of the stars. And as I'm walking, I walk maybe six steps, and there's this voice that says, don't walk behind this bush. And there's these, all these big bushes. Like, let's say they're eight foot high and eight foot wide, just kind of scattered. Okay, Mark, let me ask you this. Was this like a an audible voice or it wasn't audible now i have heard the lord speak audibly to me before but this was not audible so this was a voice within that, that comes from knowing him and knowing his voice exactly <laughs> i was not thinking that okay and so i thought oh this is crazy and i took about five more steps and the voice internally was even louder don't go behind that bush so I stopped, and the, the leader of the group who had invited me to come yelled at me to, let's get in the Jeep, we got to go. So I turn around. I take 10 steps, get in the Jeep, we turn the headlights on, and there are six female lions on the road walking behind that bush, and our headlights spot them, and even our driver freaks out. He has a gun on his hip. He said he had never seen this many lions before. I almost became a lion lunch. Hell <laughs> well, that is not funny. I know just the way you say it is funny. But seriously, you were headed toward this dark spot so that you could admire and look at the stars with no way to know that there were six lions right there. And <laughs> thankfully, you are familiar with that voice inside. Oh, my goodness, yes. The first time I was uh, robbed and I had a gun at my head, and when uh, I thought he was going to run out of the front door of our retail store, but instead he said, no, we're going to the back room. And I thought, oh, no, we're going to the back room. And he said, lay down, face on the floor. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, the bullet in the back of the head trick, you know. But all of a sudden, and this isn't what I was thinking, an uh, internal voice comes, and it comes from uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 2, where it says, you will not be afraid of sudden fear when it comes. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. You know, I knew that it had to be the Lord. And, and then it says, uh, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it comes. This Proverbs 3 is what it is. And so I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. The one thing he told me was to lie down. And, and in that verse, in Proverbs 3.24, it says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. And so here the Lord is speaking these verses to me, and I didn't even know the Scripture that well. But I had read Proverbs, so he was able to bring it to my mind. 
Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? As we're coming toward the end here, I was going to have you pray for the listeners, you know, regarding what we've been talking about, about the end times for understanding and discernment and and revelation. But, you know, if if you don't mind, I would love for you to add to that for people just to be able to, to, to hear that voice and to seek after that voice and know that voice when God speaks to them. So, Mark, thank you so much for being with us. And would, would you pray before we leave and just uh, uh, whatever else that you feel like God is laying on your heart for our listeners today? Well, thank you so much. Yes, I would love to pray for the listeners because God wants to give each one of us abundant peace. We're not to have fear. And, and for me, we, we should not have fear. So let's just pray. Lord, I just trust right now that every single one of these listeners would not have a spirit of fear, but a peace of love, of a sound mind. And we know, Lord, that that's going to come with a proper understanding of you, being in alignment with you. And I just pray for every listener that they would have eyes to see ears to hear, hearts to understand what you're trying to tell the church in these last days. I can't help but think of the book of Revelation where you said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Father, today I pray for open ears. I pray for open hearts. I pray for open minds. And above all, I pray for a spirit of confidence that everyone listening would be more like Joshua and Caleb. They would not be like the ten spies who are afraid of the giants, but each one of us with boldness and with confidence would do, as the prophet Malachi says in his last verses, that that there are those who are going to trample the wicked under their feet. There'll be ashes under our feet as the sun of righteousness rises. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you would give peace to your people, Show them how much you love them, and it's because you love them, you want to inform them why they should be ready for the storm that is coming. And we just ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen, Mark. You know what? I love talking to somebody that that's just so excited to 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 give a message that God has given them that it just literally bubbles up inside of them. So, <laughs> so I always enjoy talking to you, and I want to thank you so much for being here. And and I also want to thank before we leave our listeners every every time for joining us. Thank you so much, and I hope you'll join us again next time for Messianic Vision. And now here's Sid Roth. Sid, for the past two thousand years. People have been trying to analyze who the Antichrist might be and when he might be revealed. Many have made preposterous claims, and they've been wrong, all wrong. Mark Biltz has new revelations on how to decode the Antichrist. He has extensively researched and written this powerful, fresh revelation in his new book that will help you see the big picture of what has happened historically, what is unfolding in front of our very eyes at this moment, and what the future holds. With his understanding of the Jewish roots, he's taken it to a whole new level. Now you can get Mark's brand new book, Decoding the Antichrist and the End Times, and his brand new exclusive three CD teaching series, Antichrist, New Revelations, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9598. That's offer number 9598.